Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast, where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ross. He is the founder and CEO over at Send Business. First of all, thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you, and I'm really looking forward to learning a little bit more about how you grew Zen Business. Um, so to start off, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, great. Well, great for having me on here. I'm very excited to be here today. I mean, uh, I'm Ross Perdorf, CEO of Zen Business. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been doing this for 30 plus years. Been through companies like Excite.com back in the initial heyday mm. of the internet or, or Internet 1.0. And uh, latest thing I did was I was the founding CTO at HomeAway, which we sold for $3.9 billion uh, a couple of years ago. It's been a great acquisition for Expedia. I'm very proud of that. I was going to take some time off, but I didn't get much time off. I lasted about 10 months. And I I jumped back in on this deal and the founder and, and CEO of Zen Business, which I'm super excited about. We just closed. Uh, a $15 million round led by Greg Croft and, and we've had some really, really exciting growth. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. So some, some interesting things there. Definitely. It seems like you'll obviously understand, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it takes to actually exit a business successfully. So I think you'd be able to bring a lot of value within that kind of knowledge that not everyone gets the chance to actually having. Um, right. So first of all, like where does everything begin as far as, you know, like you said, you've been doing this for 30 years or so. Where does you, where did you actually learn that, you know, you were an entrepreneur and this is what you were going to do for the rest of your life? You know, this is the, this is the one I tell everyone. And I think it, you know, there's a little bit of what's going on nowadays is that, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurism has become a vocation, right? So it, 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 you know, as opposed to, it's like a job as opposed to a passion, I will tell you, for me, it was really out of necessity. I started interning. You know, I went. I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and was going to university there. But I was starving to death, and so I got an internship down here in Austin, Texas, at one of these computer companies that's long since gone. But it was a big computer company, and they passed over a billion dollars in revenue, and they handed out all these plaques and. You know, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. And then six months later, they laid off half of their, their, you know, their their employee base. And I really had the experience of like, you know, there is no such thing as a guaranteed ride with any size company. Totally. And and so it it was a, a lesson for me early on. And oh, by the way, I was one of the only people that kept me there because I was a productive intern that they didn't pay much money so you know it it, it taught me this lesson that there's no such thing as a you know you should go out on the risk curve if you really want to impact your life and I think that starts with your pocketbook and 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 then what you can do with your money there's nothing wrong with 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 money Uh, you know so I just learned early on hey go out on the risk curve and and get some control of, of that risk as opposed to, you know, going to one of these guaranteed, supposed guarantee right. and then not being. So that's my advice to everyone is it's not for everyone, but, um, you know, I think if you pay attention and, you know, put yourself in front of opportunities and take some risk, 
and and what I'm saying is, there's no risk at all, actually. So yeah. you should just you should just go out there and do it. Because it's, I mean, essentially, you have the same risk that you would have anywhere else. Really, you don't yeah. have any security yeah. anywhere. In many cases, I mean, I can tell you one example during a, a a big downturn, and they happen all the time. I remember it's like, man, we got two years of money in the bank. Everyone else in the industry was being laid off. Yeah. You know, and we could really, you know, buckle down and take advantage of that opportunity. So in that case, there was actually less risk. Totally. That's really good. Now, to talk a little bit more about Send Business, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on the actual business, like what it does, what problem it's currently solving for people? Yeah, we're, I'm super excited about this. This is another mission-driven business for me, like, like Homeway. You know, the, the biggest segment in small business is really the solopreneur business. So it's the single entity LLCs, these really drive most of the jobs and most of the, the, the commerce in the US. So we are focused on those businesses. So we set them up, whether it's an LLC or a C Corp, an S Corp, we get you up and running there. Then we handle all the website requirements, email, domain name. Then we get you, you know, to your first dollar after you've gotten your your, your first dollar, of course, we do the merchant accounts, the taxes, the invoicing, um, and the accounting. We really want to be that one-stop platform for these solopreneurs to get them up and running. And then there's this uh, community aspect of it also. So, you know, this community aspect is small businesses, especially solopreneurs, really are on their own and they feel that way. And yep. they feel disadvantaged by big companies that have this buying power. So by them grouping together at Zen Business, we can give them that group buying power because, you know, we basically curate the solutions uh, for their business. Most of our businesses, not, not all of them, but, you know, 70 plus percent are service businesses. There's 20 percent that, that sell something where we, we provide services for them. And then there's some percentage of our business that just does formations to protect assets. So we handle that whole piece, but we're really, really focused on the, the service and the e-commerce side of the business. Very cool. So how long has Send Business been around for? It's been around for three years now. I mean, it was bootstrapped uh, early on. We, we raised a seed round, found market fit. And then uh, for this A round, we're really getting ready to accelerate uh, growth here. Mm -hmm. How many current customers do you have, like ballpark? Uh, thousands and thousands. Yeah. I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. Very our, good. BC, our BCs don't like us sharing our numbers. Right. What's the most important thing that you think has gotten you to the point where you are able to scale the business aside from having, you know, the, the right customers in place, like learning who they were, like what other aspects of growth are most valuable? Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, that, that we could spend hours on that. I mean, I think with any business, you really have to find, you know, have to be in tuned and in touch with your customers. So we are, we, we, you know, my, my view it always an advice to any entrepreneurs is, you know, you want to go after your major thesis, right? And make sure it's true, you know, so don't, don't hallucinate or, you know, or we have a joke around here is like, there's no such, 
when you talk about, oh, well, you, you can create or you can create this ideal customer, but if they're not reality, who cares, yeah. right? So we want realistic customers, not ideal customers. And, uh, you know, your first thesis is, will they purchase your product? And will they purchase it at scale? And can you deliver the service? And now can you acquire them with, uh, you know, a, a financial model that makes sense for the business long-term and, and ultimately makes sense for the customer? So I, I would, you know, my view is being realistic, uh, understanding your customers and um, testing into, uh, you know, that conversion and that customer base and then keeping them happy. We have a super high NPS. Sure. We have, you know, 4.8 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Uh, you know, the reviews we get, our customers love us. We have a product market fit, uh, you know, uh, uh, around our business. And uh, we like to keep it that way with respect to keeping our, our customers happy. So, Long story short, there is make sure you understand your customers and you're delivering what they want, not what you think they want. Right. And do you always know that from the get-go or does that take time to learn? Because um, when, you created the, when you created the business at the very beginning, like you really didn't have an idea of what that was going to be. Yeah, I'm grinning over here. I don't know if it's coming through. It's like, yeah, we were so far off. I mean, early on, you know, we had 12 websites running with different brands because, you know, we were testing and I mean, you know, we had to, we had to refund all of the money for our first 300 customers. Mm -hmm. It's just easier. Let's just refund all their money because it was a failed experiment uh -huh. and uh, that was the right thing to, to, to do. So heck no. I mean, it, you know, we still don't, uh, you know, know everything about our customers and, you know, what they'll buy next. And that's a constant discovery. And the way you do that is mm -hmm. staying in deep contact with them and, totally. and delivering, you know, delivering value. When it comes down to marketing and scaling those efforts, what have you found? Um, and I don't know if you know the answer for us, but what is it that you found to be the most, you know, I guess, successful as far as actually getting new clients because there's a there's a difference between you know brand awareness and actually creating a new user right so user acquisition what is it that's actually leading to you receiving more signups onto Zen business yeah I think that's a great question I mean I think it it's uh, you know the whole marketing question I think brand is super important Definitely. Uh, you know I think uh, you know, big brands win. And there's some, a couple of books out right now around marketing that talk about, you know, the biggest brands win in a, in a big way. And so you have to, uh, you know, from as a small startup, you have to disrupt them with products and services that the big brands or the big companies can't do, right? Because they're dependent on, you know, that revenue stream and making their existing business uh, more and more profitable uh, quarter over quarter. So you can go in there and disrupt them and take advantage of that uh, with products and services and fill, fill a niche like what we're doing, mm -hmm. filling a niche that's underserved or not served at, served at all. And, you know, so then, you know, your brand becomes, you know, what's your brand promise uh, there and, 
in, in our case, our brand promises to get you to your first dollar as a solopreneur and then, uh, you know, take you from zero to small and from small to, to big, uh, you know, so that's what we're, we're very, very focused on. I think the, the literal mechanics other than the brand, which takes a long time and a lot of money, uh, you know, and, and discovery of value, you know, you have to do PPC, you have to do SEO, you have to do affiliates. We get, uh, because one of our focuses was uh, a big brand promise for us is trust that we firmly believe in is we get a lot of referrals. So we get customer referrals uh, over and over. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you can't underestimate that. You think, wow, in this highly scalable uh, digital marketing world that, um, you know, word of mouth is... It, it, it's still one of the biggest, I think, right? It's when it comes down to, to new user acquisition because you can't really, you know, you can't compare word of mouth to anything else. It's just so natural and and like usually you're hearing about the new product if it's word of mouth you're hearing from someone that you already trust that you know they're doing something right with their business and so on so it's kind of it's, it's difficult to really try to surpass that and you don't really spend any money on that either so it's super profitable yeah it agreed so i i think it's not to be underestimated now we spend a bunch of money on it because we uh spend a lot of money on service. So we make very, you know, we make sure we answer all the chats, we answer all the phone right. calls, we answer all the emails. So, and we survey our customers. So we spend a lot of time on the, on it with respect to making sure we're putting out a, a, a product. And, you know, there's some behemoth customer, behemoth brands, some of the biggest brands in the world that don't spend anything on service. Mm -hmm. Right. Pretty surprising that they're at, you know, the spots that there are when they're not producing that kind of customer experience. That's right. Well, they try to deal with it with technology and they can do it that, that way. And you know, the, the, the price is right. And they, they get, they scale in different ways. So when you're a startup brand, you really have to, I think, deliver, you know, and be disruptive around what you offer. Totally. When it comes down to, you mentioned niche in there, right? And it's super important. I think a lot of companies kind of miss that and they want to service everyone. Is there any specific, like you already niched down, you said on like the solopreneurs, um, but is there any vertical specifically within that um, market yeah. segment that you know that they, they just love the product and they're always coming in? Yeah. And that's the service business. So the majority of the, the solopreneur businesses out there are service businesses and so we're very, very focused on getting service people up and running. That's why invoicing is so important. That's why taking money is so important. And, you know, getting a website out there, getting them a Yelp account, getting them out there on social so that whether they're a plumber or a consultant or a contractor, you know, we need to get them to their first dollar as quick as possible to increase their odds of success. And that so, means... Yeah, go ahead. So that means you're going to get them to the first dollar within your platform or do you like, for example, do you have businesses that have already been established come to you because they know that it's going to be much easier to, to use the platform? Yeah. Um, right now it's really just new business. The majority of our businesses are new first time formations. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
we do have some cut people that are second time formations, but you know, that could be because they failed before. So it's really just first time formations is what mm -hmm. we're focused on. What do you think is the biggest challenge when it comes down to marketing uh, Zen business? To Zen business? Um, you know, I just think it's, you know, that's a funny one. I mean, we're being very successful with all of our campaigns, uh, uh, you know, and all of the, the channels. I mean, I just think it's what any new brand suffers from is like, what's send business? When you're, right. when you're a major brand that spends, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising. Right, when you're QuickBooks, you don't need to, like, you know what it is. That's right. Gotcha. So it's really trying to to put the, I guess, trying to put the the product in the name. So creating brand awareness of of really like what the solution actually is that you provide. That's right. And That's what right. are what is currently? I mean, is that even something that you're focusing right now, or are you purely focusing on on you know user acquisition where? you don't necessarily have to do much branding if you're doing the PPC route or stuff like that. But if you're doing, if you're wanting to go more the branding route, then you have to start spending more on like what we would call push advertising. You, yes. And so the answer is at the stage we are now, we have to, you know, walk that fine line. I mean, acquisition and growth is, you know, paramount in that, you know, <clears throat> acquiring customers and making money, you know, just teaches you so much. So you, right. know, you want to just keep pushing the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, you cannot neglect brand. So, you know, the way we're going after brand is with community, with the, the outreach, with podcasts, you know, I'm writing a book, uh, you know, just anything and everything you can to get you, you know, out there and get people, uh, aware of what you're you're doing and you know we're in it for the long haul I mean these big brands didn't grow up overnight we shouldn't expect it either I do have a, a view and you know I, I don't think it's a naive view I think if you're a good operator or you know in our case I think we're a great operators because we've done this before mm -hmm. you know it's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah. And you just have to be on the playing field. And I'm always amazed that it's like, wow, that's starting to pay off, man. That, you know what I mean? And, and everything, you know, takes longer than you expect, totally. but everything also moves faster than you expect. Right. You know? And pretty soon this company will be, you know, 10 years old and we'll be like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we, we're dominating in this market. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's a long game and we play the long game. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Now kind of like shifting, you know, gears into a more personal, uh, I guess, conversation about actually growing a business and, and doing this entrepreneurship for such a long time. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as you've grown multiple companies? Uh, well, the one I just said, I mean, I think it's a long game and, and, you know, you need to make decisions. <clears throat> For the, I mean, I don't want to be naive. You certainly have to make some short-term decisions, mostly around, almost entirely around short-term revenue. Uh, while at the same time, I think you need to balance that with long-term decisions that have long-term mm -hmm. payoffs. And when they're aligned, 
that's perfect. Many times they aren't aligned, so you have to continue to invest in the, the future. I, I mean, I think the other thing is, my biggest lesson is the team and the people. I know that you hear that, um, you know, everywhere, but it's, I guess you hear it everywhere because it's true. It's true, totally. Yeah, you know, I've got people on my team now that I've worked with for, you know, 25 plus years, uh, multiple people in the 20 year time frame. So, you know, and that is through multiple companies. So we, we have stuck together and I don't know if that's good news or bad news. So far it's been good news in that, you know, they know what to expect of me and I know what to expect of them. And, right. and the results have been positive that's you good. Know, so far through multiple IPOs and multiple acquisitions. You know, we can get up and running really quickly. And, you know, I think that's a big part of, I think, of what I do um, is pull together great teams and let them do what they, what they need to do. Because you just can't do it yourself. You, and, and, and you really have to get, you know, people that are smarter, faster, more ambitious mm -hmm. uh, than, than you are. And that's, that's always been my goal. Great. What are some good traits of somebody that you'd want on the team, regardless of, you know, what position they're going to be coming into? What is something that you always look for in every single individual that you, that you essentially partner with or work with? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same, you know, I do the same thing, you know, when I'm pitching a new candidate to recruit, I'm also, you know, constantly recruiting. So, you know, you've got to be able to pitch the company. Right. And, you know, one of the things I, I always do is, is that like, there's always three pieces uh, to why you work somewhere. Number one is your boss. So if your boss stinks, it doesn't matter how good the opportunity is. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to overcome that over time. So you got to have a good boss. And then I think the next thing is, you know, what's the opportunity? So you want to be at a company that ultimately gives you freedom, right? And so typically that is in the case of financial freedom, right? So can I make a, a lot of money here? And, you know, then can I uh, go off and make the world either better at the company because there, it, it has the ability to, to do that? Or, you know, personally, can I go off and invest my time and money to make the world a better place? So that's this kind of opportunity piece. And then third is the impact which is, you know, am I playing an impactful role at, at this organization? So there's plenty of places where you can make money, but it's so, they're so big that it's like, oh, man, I'm not sure I can make an impact. Or it's, uh -huh. typically, it's typically why I sell businesses when they get too big because it's just not, you know, it's difficult to see that I'm making an impact still. Huh. And that could certainly be, you know, a limitation. I know that that people at big companies make huge impacts because they, they make huge scale. That's not me uh, yet, at least. So I look for that in people, you know, that, that, that I hire that want to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if they're just cruising along and just collecting a paycheck, they usually don't care about those things. They want to make an impact. they care. They care about who their boss is. And then, then, you know, that keeps me honest and keeps them honest. And, you know, they're, they're definitely not going to let me 
just sit, sit in a seat, right? So they're going to be demanding of me also. And then, uh, you know, ultimately, I think as everyone's uh, aligned about uh, financial outcomes, then that works out great for everybody. Very good advice. When you're building a business from scratch, right? And, and you obviously like, I don't believe you do any consultancy or anything like that through Zen business, but you deal with a lot of new businesses. But essentially the question here is, how do you know how, how much to push if you're not seeing something actually come to fruition? Like, how do you know when to stop, you know, working on something if, if you're not getting what you thought you were going to be getting from it, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, in, this is a great question. And I think the, with a digital marketplace that we're in, uh, you should see results right away. If you're not seeing results, now that's not to mean like, oh, I put up this new product and marketed it in this new way and I'm not seeing the results I want right away, so it's a complete disaster, let's create a new product. Mm -hmm. What, what I'm saying is there can be many things wrong with that, but if you're not seeing results in, you know, right away uh, and headed in the right direction, then you need to change something. Right, or some signal that there will be the right yeah, results too. That's right. That's right. I mean, that, this is the great thing about, which is so awesome about what we do, is the ability to get signals pretty quickly and you know, if you're geared up the way we are as an organization, I mean, we just, you know, swimming in data and signals and our ability to interpret those signals. So my answer is, if you're not getting them right away, then you know, there's a problem. Yeah. I remember we put out a Facebook book ad early on and the sentiment was actually like, they hate the ad. They hate it so much that they're turning it off. You know what I mean? So this was a signal that, and, and the, the reason was, is we went out with some negative advertising, okay. you know, like if you don't do this, something bad is going to happen. Right, 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 right. And people hated it. And we knew that within four hours, you know what I mean? Now, maybe a less sophisticated company would have sat on that and said, why isn't this working for days and days? But we knew in four hours, it's like, shit, negative advertising is not working where we yeah. thought it might work. Right. And, you know, you know, I think that it's probably, I'm not sure that that negative advertising, is, you know, always doesn't work, but it certainly didn't work in that case. Totally. Really cool. That's awesome. And uh, what is something that you're not very good at? Oh man, that's a long list. You should talk, you need to hear, let me give you my wife's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> give you a, a list. Or you could talk to my employees. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, I pair myself up, my COO that I've worked with, you know, for through the, through four startups, starting all the way back at Excite.com days. Uh, she's the COO. She's very, um, you know, uh, skeptical and I wouldn't say very skeptical, but she's more skeptical to me. You know, I'm a vision guy. I can also go down into details because, you know, as a computer scientist or I'm a computer scientist and an engineer and software engineer and all that. So I'm definitely detail oriented, mm. uh, you know, but she's, 
a, a database. Her background is a database engineer. She's now the COO, finance oriented, and you know all of those pieces. So I think she's a good balance for me. Yeah. Uh, in that, you know, we need to produce. You know, we've we've agreed to do this, Ross. You know, let's not go chase the next shiny object. So I don't want to say that that's a. I'm still very focused, also, but I think you really need to get people that that balance you out. I think um, you know the uh, company in, in general. You know the uh, you know I'm a very approachable CEO, and everybody loves me here. But that might not always be great. Right. <laughs> so, so you know there needs to be a backstop. Uh, for that, and that would probably be one of the the pieces that, that mm -hmm. I have. Great, great, great. And uh, we're getting close to the end here, but what are some of your favorite software companies that are obviously not Zen Business or anything that you've worked in the past? Oh man, I haven't. Yep, I haven't had that. Let's see. To think about that, I mean, I, I, you know, I really like the G suite of products mm -hmm. and the level of integration. I mean, I will tell you that, you know, not everything works and, you know, we were talking about support. It's not great. Yeah. It's not supported great, but man, I mean, the integration through, you know, their conferencing, uh, you know, calendar and conferencing and email and all of their tools, our whole business is on it. So that's really right. great. Mm -hmm. that point of view, it really is the promise uh, or, or close to the promise of, uh, you know, Jetson level software. Yeah. You know? So I think it's, it's, and we take it for granted, which is a, a clear indication of how successful and ubiquitous it is. So I'd say that's a, a fantastic product. I'll also say, you know, we run our whole back office on salesforce.com and, and I don't want to say that it's a, you know, at one level, it's a great piece of software in that we can run our whole business on it. I mean, you know, it takes, you know, we have a full-time Salesforce engineer that's yeah. that's on it all the time. But what you can do with it and the level of scale and what we have done with it is just is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and then, you know, adding Salesforce Marketing Cloud to it and what we can do from that point of view. So I think those are all... You know, I think from an enterprise level, the 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 kinds of things that excite me. I will tell you, just in general, the same segment that that we are in right now is very very exciting. Every day I turn around, there's a new, you know, SaaS based SMB solution, yeah. right? And I think that's very. I call it the renaissance of you know SaaS based SMB and we're playing right into that. The world is moving in this direction. Yeah. If you, you know, when I started up HomeAway, we built everything. Mm -hmm. At Zen Business, we buy everything. Right. You know, yeah. we just we just build the critical pieces that our customers love. But you know, our uh, you know accounting is SaaS based. Our HR, our cap table, you know, our shopping cart, everything, and mm -hmm. You know, at HomeAway, uh, you know, I had 50 people working on our shopping cart. Yeah. 
here I, I have one person working, you know, half a day a month on our shopping cars. <laughs> yeah, big yeah. difference. Yeah, it's a big difference. Totally. But I, I just to go back on what you said about Google, I think we definitely as a whole, we take we definitely take it for granted almost to the point where you forget that, you know, it is a software solution almost because it's such an like, integrated part of everyone's lives at this point. But it's definitely okay. it's a great product. And I don't think anybody can deny that. Well, we write them a big check every month, so I, I'm fully aware of what we, but it's worth it. Definitely, 100%. And uh, where can people find you online, Ross? Uh, Ross at zenbusiness.com. Okay, and then they can ask you any questions there or anything like that? Yeah, they can send me anything, and they usually do, so it's yep. fine. Good, awesome. Well, last question here, do you have any questions for me? No. No, it's a great interview. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful that you reached out and I was able to tell my story. Definitely. Thank you so much for being on here, Ross, and we'll catch soon.